Welcome to another episode of Fishmonger Aquarium Livestream. Hello everybody, it's Dan from DanceFish.com, your friendly fishmonger here on Wednesday because it is 7 o'clock Mountain Time and that's when we do this. Wednesday, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, every Wednesday. Hey, dang thanks! Good to see you. Missed you last week if, if I remember right, but glad you're here. People coming on in, glad you're all here. Fish and glass, oh, almost first fish and glass. Dink, beat ya. Kang Lee, hello, Kang. I hope you're doing well. I heard on the rumor that you had a on the rumor mill that you had a procedure done. Um, I hope you recovered. And it sounded like a pretty painful procedure. So I hope that, uh, <laughs> man, I hope you're you're recovering. It didn't sound like any fun. Um, hey, Peter. Hey, Charles. Yeah. Good to see you back, Charles. How are your angelfish doing, man? The Lepoldis. How are they doing? Any luck breeding? Those guys, they seem awesome. Says I'm having horrible, uh, streaming quality. Are you guys doing okay? Is it going bad there, guys? Is it really buffery or is it okay? Um, it's telling me it's pretty bad, <laughs> which I don't know why should be good. Anyway, Kengli says getting better every day. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, man. I hope you get better soon. Jeff Rose. Hey, what's up? Good to see you. Jeff Rose looks good to people. Okay. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, yeah, it's telling me it's bad, but as long as people are doing fine, Charles says, no breeding from the Leos. Leopoldi angelfish is what we're talking about there. Although they're at that size. Cool. And those were wild, right, Charles? Or did you get captive bred ones? Angelfish plus, right? Wasn't that it? I can't remember for sure. It looks fine. Okay, good. Well, we'll go with it. <laughs> we'll go with that. I like that a lot better than the alternative. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let me switch my page so I can see what you guys are seeing. All right. That's better. Oh, let's see. Fishing glass. Welcome. Peter. Glad that you're getting better, Kengli. Your summer tub looks great. Yeah, we're all glad you're getting better, Kengli. I hope it, again, I hope it's quick. Q Aquatics, hi. Hey, Susie, welcome. Glad you're here. Corey boy. Hey, Corey. Glad you made it. Glad you made it, Corey boy. Hope those fish are doing well. Um, the peacock gudgeons, did you have any luck with the babies and the eggs? I think a couple weeks ago in the stream, you said you had, uh, the, the ones you got from me had bred for you. So I'm curious. I know you're having some questions about how to feed the babies. Um, wondering if that worked out. You know, sometimes it takes two, three times to, to figure a species out. So no worries either way, but I'm just, just curious how that went for you. If you don't mind sharing, everybody says the live stream's fine. Okay. Looks fine on my side too. I mean, it's telling me it's horrible, but the video feedback I'm seeing, which is what you guys are seeing looks okay. So we're going to keep going. If it gets bad, let me know. <laughs> Charles, YouTube live stream gives streamers false negatives. Well, good. I mean, it's better than a <laughs> true negative in this case, so I'll take it. 
folks saying hi. Jeff Rose and Peter having a, a tea party. Charles, the Leopoldes came from the wet spot, wild caught near Manaus. So not super specific type locality. Yeah. Well, they're not killifish, so you'll get away with it, right? <laughs> Us killifish people, man, we want to know exactly what they are. Um, oh, wow. Chromo swag. Hey, Dan, looks like my peacock gudgeon spawned today. That's fantastic. Curious what to do next. Um, so let me tell you my ideas. Keep in mind, peacock gudgeons are a species I've, I've bred quite a bit in aquariums, but I've never, um, when they happen, I never had the time or the space or whatever. So I've never really raised that species, but I've raised other fish like them. And I, I've seen a lot of other people that raise them. So let me tell you my thoughts. But if anyone in here has experience raising baby peacock gudgeons, uh, please chime in and, and uh, you know, let us know your experience too. So it, it depends a little bit, Chromo Swag, on the setup. So if they're in a tank kind of by themselves with, where other fish aren't messing with them too much, you can just leave them in there for a while. Just know that as soon as they're free swimming, the male will see them as food and start eating them. There's a couple things. You can leave them in there until the eggs hatch and you get wrigglers. <clears throat> and then you can move those to another container to grow them out. Or you can take the whole cave or tube that they're breeding in and move that whole thing to another aquarium. That's, that's more stressful on the male. Um, and hopefully if all is done right and everything's put back the same, you know, if, if the pipe was this way, you don't put it back that way, put everything back the same. Hopefully he'll continue, um, incubating the eggs and fanning them and things, or you can remove the pipe or the cave if it's removable, you know, if they bred in a pile of rocks, that's going to be hard. But if it's like a piece of PVC, you can take that out. And what I do is if Okay, this isn't quite right, but it'll probably work. So if this is the pipe that they spawned in, then I would take another pipe of PVC is what I'm talking about and put it up here right by the end. And I would run air up this one um, with say an air stone or something to get some current going up. So what that's gonna do is it's gonna create this, whoops, this light current through this where the eggs are and then up here. You don't want a real heavy current, so you don't want to like run the air through the pipe that has the eggs in it. But if you put them kind of like this and run the, the air up here and get the current flowing, then you'll get enough oxygen going over those to keep them developing. And that kind of simulates what the male's doing. He's fanning over the eggs to keep fresh, fresh oxygen going over them um, so they have enough oxygen and to keep things from settling on them so that like dirt and detritus and fish poop and all that so that bacteria doesn't grow on the eggs. So you can do that. And the advantage of doing that in a separate container is you can put in some hydrogen peroxide. So two milliliters per gallon, I think. Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to check that. Um, let me check it real quick. I don't wanna give you the wrong dose. And I never remember these things. Uh, so I have a sheet. <laughs> let me bring in my Google Docs here and find my, my dosage sheet. So hydrogen peroxide, yeah, two milliliters per gallon 
is the dose I generally use right around there. You can experiment with that. If that ends up being too much for whatever type of water you're using, you could back off or if you still get fungus or bacteria is really what it is on the eggs, you could add more. Um, one thing though is, you know, they could also be infertile if it's, that's always a possibility as well. So it's not always the peroxide in the setup. Sometimes they're just not fertile. But anyway, I'd put them in there until they're free swimming. And then they're pretty small. So what I had thought was that I would probably start them with infusoria, paramecium, that kind of thing, sponge grunge, that kind of thing. But I did read um, some breeders in that had raised them and they document using San Francisco brine shrimp and microworms and vinegar eels right off the bat. So some kind of live food. And then the way I treat the egg container and the fry container is I'm changing the, the egg container. I change like 100% of the water basically once or twice a day. And then once they hatch and I'm feeding, then I'm changing oh, 100% of the water basically um, four or five times a day. The reason for that is then I can feed them a lot of food. So it's always in front of them so they don't starve for the first week or two. And then I'm changing so much water that it's okay that I'm overfeeding so much. The last water change before you go to bed, don't feed again. That Otherwise, the stuff will just rot in there overnight. I put a few snails in there. I put a clump of java moss in there. And I put usually some like cherry shrimp, some kind of neocaridina or caridina shrimp. I've never had them eat eggs. I've never had them damage fry. So that's kind of how I would do it. I don't know if peacock gudgeon fry would eat powdered foods, but it, it might be something worth trying. Like a golden pearls powder is really nice. Um, but those are my general thoughts. Now the caveat again is I've raised lots of fish, but that particular species, I've had eggs, but I've never raised them. It, it was just never the right time for me to get into it. So um, that's my ideas. If anyone else, though, has done this for realsies, <laughs> if you would chime in and we can let Chromoswag know um, what your story is and your experience is, then let's let's help Chromoswag out. I, it's a great name, by the way. <laughs> Cory boy. Look good. There's a little peach fuzz on the head. Yeah. This head, this peach fuzz, it's funny because like it's bald, but there's just enough hair on there that it's not quite bald. <laughs> it's just, it's like mangy. It's just mangy. <laughs> I don't know, Corey boy, if that's what you're talking about, but there's definitely peach fuzz on this head of mine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what we call sexy bald. Hangar, hey, welcome. Glad you're here, Hangar. Chromoswag, just noticed the eggs today, never had anything spawn before. Hey, congrats. All right, I hope you get that needle in your arm nice and deep and you, you become one of these crazy fish spawners like, like several of us are. Daryl Dimer, welcome. Glad you're here. Fishing glass, three out of 30 for me. I apologize, fishing glass. I'm not sure what that's in reference to, but I'm sure it made sense to everyone else who's reading the chat. Cory boy, yes, they're in a two gallon and doing fine. So that's fantastic. So um, Cory boy, if you could let us know uh, for Chromo Swag's benefit and everyone else's benefit, kind of 
how you're going about raising them so far. Because it's been a, a couple weeks now, right? So you probably got them to the point where they can, they're, they're over the hump of the first week or two, which is probably the most difficult part. I'm imagining that's usually what it is when they're so small. Um, all right, King and Daryl are having a tea party. Corey boy, they're so small, but looking good. Yeah, great. Hey, if they're still alive after being there for a week or two, then that's that's great. Although, you know, I'm not quite sure what the incubation is on them. So if they just spawned two weeks ago, they might only be a few days old yet, right? Yeah. Fishing glass, have lots of infusoria. Cool. Send some to Chromo Boy. He might need some. Um, and fishing glass, how are you growing it? Are you doing like a jar with some dried beans in the bottom? Or are you using... Another method, curious how you're doing that. That is something I need to set up. I have the uh, Michael Helwig's live food book. I've had it for a long time and I'll look at his method again, but I'm just curious what you have. But I do need to start doing that, keeping that up for the tiny little egg layers. Michael Trevino, yo, 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 welcome, Michael. Glad you're here. Hope life in Colorado is treating you well. D Smith 21, welcome. Glad you made it. Oh, you know what? I have something. I, I got another light. Is this better? Let's see. Okay. So I know that it's pretty dark down here sometimes. So I got another light for the live stream. I forgot to turn it on earlier because I'm not used to that. But let me know if this is better with this on. If it is, I'll keep it on for next time. Um, yeah, I do definitely need to get different light in here. That's a comment I get all the time. <laughs> so I'm going to um, slam down to the bottom of the chat, answer any questions and comments that that are out there. And then I've got something fun to do once we hit the bottom of the chat. What it is, is um, I've got several questions. Well, I get lots of questions every week, right? So I kind of went through and hang on to some interesting ones and I'm going to share them with you, the kinds of questions I get and the kinds of answers I give <laughs> um, through the store, through dancefish.com. The ones that are done through YouTube, you all can read those. Those are all in the comments and things. But So I'll, I'll share some questions with you. And then the other thing is we're, we're getting to the point. So behind me here, you'll notice this beautiful... Um, there it is. This beautiful thing right here, this wood, this is a stand. So I'm building this aquarium stand here and I have a hundred gallon aquarium. I'm going to put on the, oh man, it's so weird in the camera to point on, on this bottom shelf here. And then I have 125 gallon. I'm going to put on the top right here. And there's a hundred gallon right there. I'm, I took off the top and bottom frame. I'm stripping off the silicone. I'm um, going to put the re-silicone the top and bottom onto it because they just fell right off. I mean, there was no grip there whatsoever. And so my hope is that behind me, I'm also going to move everything over this way so that this will be right behind me. And so my hope is that the live stream background will improve dramatically. So I'm kind of holding on to the super chats and stuff uh, and putting them towards that project to build that out so that things look a little better in the live stream. So I'm hoping if I do that, get a little better background 
And if this light is improving things, let me know. Then I'll get some more lights and stuff. Um, hoping we can just up the quality of this a little bit. So that's kind of what's going on back there. And I'm excited about that. Um, by the way, to build this, I use the same method that I have in my how to build aquarium rack video, which I totally stole from Ted Judy. So if you want to see um, where that idea came from, it came from Ted Judy. And he has a great video on notching them. So that's what's going on. That's the current project that's taking a lot of my time when I'm not shipping fish and prepping fish for sale. All right, so let's, let's look down for some comments and questions. And then when things get a little slow, I'll, I'll share those other questions with you that I got through the website. Some of them are kind of fun. All right. Ding tanks. I seen you on the prices, right? Mike, <laughs> the price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> Chromo swag, 10 gallon planted with a dwarf garami and some nerites. I assume that if they spawned in a cave or a pipe that the dwarf garami is probably not bothering them at all. Cause they're going to be on the bottom and the dwarf garami is going to hang out mid water top level a little more. But if that dwarf garami is bothering him, you might want to consider uh, moving him out or cause that's probably a little better than moving the, uh, the male peacock gudgeon, unless you decide to maybe artificially incubate the eggs. Like we talked about, uh Oh, Dink and Michael Trevino have seen each other in the chat. So it's about to get weird. <laughs> um, Kingly, you're watching the prices, right? Michael Trevino. I would like to buy a vowel E. Yep, first vowel. It's the most common one, right? Lumpy dogs in the house. All right, we got a blue wrench on the scene, so all is good. <laughs> Welcome. How's life up by the Great Lakes, if I remember right? <laughs> That's Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> That's funny. That's true. <laughs> We're just going to have an amalgamation of all uh, game shows here today mixed with uh, whose line is it anyway. It'll be really fun. Charles Fishshanks, just checked out your site. Looks like you got a sweet sale going on. I do, Charles. It's, um, it's going to end at the end of this week or next week because I'm almost cleared out. So I've, I've just about freed up enough space that I can get my big order of killifish in from Nigeria. And I actually was on the phone with Fish and Wildlife today, getting things ready for that. So um, I, I have an import and export permit, and I've filed some other paperwork that has to be pre-filed before this can all go down. But depending on how quickly their office turns that paperwork around, the moment that paperwork is turned around, then I'm going to place the order. So we're going to be getting some awesome fishing from Nigeria, a bunch of killifish, a few really cool cichlids, some super rare tetras and uh, ghost knife fish because I think they're our ghost catfish. Sorry, because I think they're awesome. So, yeah, I've almost cleared out enough, though. If anybody wants like a hundred clown barbs, <laughs> <laughs> I could sure use that tank, but for the killifish and stuff, but I can make it work even if they don't sell. Um, 
Great prices on rainbow fish though, and they're all doing great. They're hardy, they're breeding, they're happy. Um, they're awesome. So if you're, if you're looking for some rain, rainbow fish, I've some amazing rainbow fish for an amazing price. But yep, dig into the sale if you want. Um, <laughs> Kengly, $1 Bob. <laughs> Corey Aquatics, sorry. Just pull the eggs. They spawn in PVC half inch with the cap on one end. Yeah, I pull the cap and push the eggs on into the egg tube. When they hatch, I move them to two gallon with plants. Okay, I understand most of that quarry boy. They spawn in a half inch PVC piece of pipe with the cap. The, the part I don't understand is you push the eggs onto the egg tube. Um, and then when they hatch, you move them to two and a half gallons. So I get the, I get the beginning part and the end part. Could you help me out with the middle part a bit, Corey boy? I'm not quite sure um, what you mean there. Lumpy dog, 16 watching, but only five likes. Come on, people, smash that like button. See, this is why Lumpy dog is a mod. <laughs> this is how he got a blue wrench. 16 watching. Well, we're in the big time now. I mean... Yeah, it's going to be fancy cars and mansions from here on out. We got 16 people. Mm. <laughs> um, fishing glass. Egg, eggs hatch seven days after they lay them. Okay, cool. I assume we're still talking about the peacock gudgeons. And that's probably temperature dependent uh, a little bit. So it could fluctuate a bit. But about a week sounds about right. HC Aqua. Hello. Hey, HC. Welcome. Glad you are here. Jeff Rose. The mangy fishmonger. Yep. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Chromo swag. Whoops. Jumped on me. There we go. Sounds great. I'll probably wait until they're wrigglers and then move them to my five-gallon quarantine tank. Um, I'll try frozen baby brine. All right. Give it a whirl. If you can get any small live food, if you can grab a microworm culture or anything like that, um, I mean, if you can't, you can't try the frozen baby brine. But if you can, it's going to help a lot. It's just going to help a ton. Um, Corey Boy agrees that sexy is bald. I, so, Corey Boy, are you also uh, hair challenged, I'm assuming? Alopecic on the top. <laughs> Fishing glass, three out of 30 fry survive the gudgeons. Okay. Well, hey, it's a start. It's a start. You know, that's, that's, these are all puzzles, right? It's like, how does this fish spawn? And what's the key to raising them right? And then maybe it takes a few times and you figure it out. And then you know, and you can pass that knowledge on and move on to another species, you know, learn more. So, yeah. G-Bear, how long does normal shipping usually take? So, usually I send packages out on Monday. About half the packages will arrive on Wednesday and the other half will arrive on Thursday in general. Every now and then there's a problem, very rarely. Um, I think I've only had like three packages delayed so far this year and we're a little over halfway through the year. But if there's a problem, sometimes it can take, you know, till Friday or Saturday, but that's very rare. So usually Wednesday or Thursday they'll arrive. Um, let's see here. Jay Bear's message was retracted? I thought I just read it. Oh, well. 
ACH Aquatics. I just found eggs on a mop in my neon dwarf rainbow tank. Cool. Never bred any rainbows before. Any tips? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I have a video that shows you exactly how I raise baby rainbows and, uh, and, and other fish in general. Um, and so check out that video. Gosh, I forget what it's called. Which video is that in? If anyone knows, could you tell me? Um, otherwise, I'll, I'll look it up if no one chimes in. But it's so here's what I would do. I would either pick the eggs and put them in a small, clean, super clean plastic container with a lid and put a few drops of um, hydrogen peroxide in there. Change that water a couple times a day. Every time you change the water, put in a few drops of hydrogen peroxide. Let me show you the container I use. So two seconds. Okay, five seconds, whatever. So this is the container I tend to use for them. Where's the camera? There it is. Just this little guy. It's not big. Here's the lid. Um, it's about 500 milliliters or two cups. So this is two cups. So I'll put the rainbow fish eggs in there, change the water a few times a day, and then I'll put like three to five drops of hydrogen peroxide in there each time I, each time I change the water. Once they hatch, I'll move them to a little shoe box. Where's the camera? There it is, you know, little, little plastic storage bin. And I'll put, oh, maybe an inch or two of water in it is all. Because the tiny, tiny little fry in the wild, they're going to go up to the edge of the stream or the lake or whatever and live right up next to the shore in, in really shallow water. So you want to duplicate that. They can, rainbows, not so much, but there are fish species that if the water's too deep, they're not going to do well. It'll compress them too much or something. Messes with their swim bladder. So put them in there, clump of java moss, some snails. If you have cherry shrimp or a, a caridina or neocaridina type shrimp, put them in there. Then get golden pearls. Um, go to Ken's Fish. You can get golden pearls there or um, Brian Shrimp Direct has them. I'm sure there's other places too. I'm not endorsing either of those websites. That's just where I think I've seen them. I got mine from Ken's Fish. And get the 5 to 50 micron size golden pearls. It's this really fine dust, basically, food. So... What I do is I sprinkle that over the top of the aquarium and that works, works really well for the rainbows because they tend to stay at the surface and they'll pick on that. And I supplement that with microworms, baby brine shrimp and vinegar eels. So in the morning I would feed say vinegar eels and a little bit of the golden pearls powder. And the, I would do that again, you know, four to six times a day if you can. If you're, you know, got to be at work <laughs> from morning till evening, then I would do it um, before you left for work. Do it again when you got home for work and then do it again before bedtime. So those first few days, as much as you can keep food in there in front of them, the better. Because they'll, they're so tiny that they can't store a lot of food and they're growing so fast that they need a lot of food. So you kind of have to just keep it in front of them. Before you feed each time, change 100% of that water. Just dump it out and fill it with fresh, clean water that's aged and conditioned. So um, 
you might want to get like a five gallon bucket, put an air stone in it and get some water and put it in there. Let it bubble for 24 hours and then it's good to use. And you've probably got two, three days of water changes um, in a five gallon bucket. So if you get two five gallon buckets, you could just always have conditioned water ready to go. If you need to dechlorinate or take out chloramines, do that as well. But the key is to age it, to let it bubble in there and circulate and gas off and get to the right temperature. So you're not putting water into the tank that's unstable and the parameters are just going to you know, shift on you, shift on the baby fish. So you want all that to happen in the bucket before you put it in with the baby fish. Okay. So that's what I would do. Um, after they're not the fastest growing fish. Well, I've got a rant about that. I don't know if I'll do it now, but I, okay, I'll do it now. So rainbow fish have a reputation for being very slow growers and they're not as fast as a lot of other species of fish. But I think that the reason they grow slowly sometimes or frequently is because they have such a high metabolism. They're a very active fish and they aren't a fish with a lot of bulk. They're a, a skinny, active fish. So think of like a marathon runner, you know, this person that is just constantly uh, burning carbs because they're active, they're training, they're moving. Well, I feel that's the same with rainbow fish. And I think that probably one of the reasons they grow so slowly for us is because we don't feed them often enough. I bet in nature they grow a lot quicker than in the aquariums. Um, just because there is a constant food supply. So they can be eating all the time and supporting that active lifestyle. So that's my, that's kind of my, my thought on that. So I won't go too far into that. But anyway, keep food in front of them. Change the water before you feed them each time. And then, oh, you can't feed them right before you go to bed. Never mind, because then the, the food will just stay in there and rot. So change the water before you go to bed, but don't feed because the food will just rot overnight. So that's, that's my tips, A-C-H Aquatics. And the, there's a video, it goes over it in detail and you can, you can see it happening. So hope that helps, but they're an awesome fish. As long as you have small food, they'll be fine. They're really small at first. And I find that golden pearls, uh, five to 50 micron size to just be key to helping those tiny little surface dwelling fry survive. Jeff Rose, Lumpy Dog is in the house. Yes, yes, yes. In modern like a mad person. Hangar, nice work, Lumpy Dog. All right. Yes. Thank you. Um, by the way, thank you, Lumpy Dog, for modding. I, I should say that. I do appreciate it very, very much. Fishing Glass makes infusoria with a jar with lettuce and some algae tabs. Cool. You know the way I, I usually make infusoria is uh, I buy my wife flowers. And they sit in the vase and like two weeks later, <laughs> there's just tons of infusoria in the vase. The flowers are all dead by then, but <laughs> the infusoria is going. <laughs> Jeff Rose, married man is here, snuck in the back door. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no baseball tonight, huh, Jeff Rose? You, you glad you could make it. Um, dang, I can't even tell a difference with the light. Oh man, maybe I didn't get a strong enough light. Is that better? Maybe it's not focused on me. Hang on. I mean, it's 
it's shining in my face, so I think it probably is. Hang on, let's see. Oh, that's hot, it's hot. All right, so can't even tell the difference. Well, geez, now I'm blind, I can't read the chat. Just give me a sec, <laughs> I must have looked straight into the light. Um, okay, so the light doesn't make a difference, I guess. Anyone else? G-Bear, just got an update on order and it looks like tomorrow now. Oh man, man oh man. Well, that's a, they're packed to take that. So that should be, that should work. You always want them though to get there Wednesday just because the less time they're in the bag, the better. I mean, let's be real, but it's um, G-Bear, just so you know, it's Monday or Thursday, about half arrive. I'm sorry, Wednesday or Thursday, about half each day. And they're usually quite successful. So I packed them for the long haul. Hope they do well. Let me know as soon as they arrive, please. Chromo Swag. Yeah, I got some Hikari first bites. Cool. Infusoria is basically just green water then. No, green water is algae based. Infusoria is a tiny little animal. So now, if you have green water, that's a great start for most fry because you have the, the little algae in there, but there's always going to be a ton of little organisms eating the algae and stuff. So green water is fine for a lot of small baby fish. Um, if you sorry, though, it's more like a white, looks like a, it's like a white cloud of dust that you'll see in a jar when you culture that. I need a drink. Um, let me talk. Check out Dan's Fish on Facebook. Yeah, so I've been doing the thing when I ship that I'll, I'll take pictures of the fish as I'm packing them up and sending them out. So if you order fish from me, or if you just want to see how the day's going for packing, then you can maybe see your fish uh, as I'm packing them up and getting them ready for you. Now, I don't do that with every fish or every order or anything, but I, I pick a few every Monday. I don't even pick them. It's just like, oh, I need a little break. So I'm going to take a picture and upload something to Facebook is an excuse to, uh, to kind of sit down for a minute on a long packing day. But yeah, if you order from me and you check Facebook on Mondays or Tuesday, if Monday is a holiday, then you'll likely see your fish getting packed up. Um, Hangar, don't forget to pick up a t-shirt too. Yeah, so I have t-shirts for sale. Shall we? Shall we? Here they are. Dance Fish t-shirt. Um, they're on Teespring. I think they're 21 bucks. And uh, I could be wrong about that though. I don't really remember, but somewhere right around 20 bucks. So if you want a shirt, they are there. Priscilla MKR. I came for weird. Well, Priscilla, you are in the right place. <laughs> Good to see you. Glad you're here. Charles, thoughts on staining wood stand with porch stain to make the stand look pretty and waterproof it. Um, so I don't know about porch stain specifically, but you could definitely use a wood stain on it. I don't think that's any problem at all. So you could, yeah, for sure. It would make it look absolutely gorgeous. It could help waterproof it too. Um, well, if you look, so like, here's the fish room, right? None of that wood is treated. 
that's just plain old cheap two by fours, probably white pine uh, or what else is a common two by four wood, maybe a spruce or, or a fir. I'm not quite sure exactly, but none of that is treated or painted or stained. So it's not necessary if you keep the humidity down in your fish room, which I do, I have a big uh, air circulation system in here, or water circulation system in here. So new air is constantly being brought into the fish room and old air is constantly being pumped out. So there's an air exchange going on. So that keeps the humidity under control. And I don't ever, I'm not in a position where tanks are having constant leaks on the wood or where there's a constant puddle under the wood or anything like that. So I'm not worried about it rotting. But if I was in that position, then sure, staining it could definitely help, um, especially if you did went so far as like a lacquer or something like that type of thing on it. Um, I remember my dad, when I was growing up, he made our kitchen cabinets and he just, I think made them out of plywood, but he put on this really durable he stained them and then put on this really durable, like, I think it was called a lacquer on top of it. Um, this clear coat that was just super tough. So, um, yeah, but paint can definitely help wood. Now, if you have a puddle of water and the wood is standing in it, ain't nothing going to help that. And if, if your room is super, super humid, nothing's going to help that too. I used to work for a very large fish distribution company slash breeder slash wholesaler that um, they had all their stands painted, but they were still rotting and falling apart. <laughs> like the back brace on the stands, just every few months one would go and you would, you know, have to f figure out how to fix that. But that's because um, things were very humid there and there were a lot of old tanks that were just, you know, a constant little drip or a fitting that wasn't on quite, uh, quite tight. And just a, a little while of that and, and the wood's going to go. And that was painted and all that stuff. So I think the key for making the wood last is more keep it dry, both humidity and just standing water. But for looks, yeah, stain makes wood look absolutely awesome. So, Charles, I don't know if that helps, but that's my thoughts on the topic. I mean, if you look at what I have going on versus what Corey has with his nice, beautiful wood and everything, then I think it's a, a real difference. That table they have, that's just beautifully stained. Ringatoi. That's an I on the end? Yeah. Ringatui. Have you ever had white cloud minnows? Yep. And golden white clouds in the same tank. Wondering if one strain dominate and I would end up breeding out one or would just end up with a mix of fry. Um, so I've never crossed them. I think I heard you ask Steen fought this a while ago. Um, I've never crossed them, but just knowing basic genetics, I think that you'd eventually have all wild type white clouds. I'm assuming that's the dominant gene. I think the golds would be bred out. That's my guess. So gold is a mutation and most of those mutations are recessive mutations. So if that's the case, then, then you're going to end up with all just normal looking white cloud minnows. Uh, Lumpy dog, Limia Nigro Fasciata for $3 each. What a great deal. Check it out. Yep. It's I, in fact, I had someone order a six pack from me, a couple six packs 
yeah, they ordered a total of 12 earlier. And I looked at the price and I was like, man, I had to got to raise that because those fish have got so much bigger than when I first listed the little juvenile six packs. But um, yeah, he got them for a buck of fish, I think, for the juvenile packs. And I was like, what? <laughs> when I listed them, they were like a quarter inch long. Now they're like the males are starting to sex out and stuff. So <laughs> I got to change that soon. G-Bear, I ordered a dozen rainbows. Looks like the order got pushed back until tomorrow by USPS. Yep. Yeah, I checked your tracking uh, right before I went live. And yeah, about half the orders. It looks like it'll be Thursday. G-Bear, let me know when they arrive. I, I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, Dink Tanks, an egg tumbler. Uh, for which species, Dink? Are we talking about the peacock gudgeons again or, or something else? Fishing glass, remove that cap. It's easier to move the eggs if needed. Remove the cap and you can remove the eggs. I guess I'm, I'm wondering why would you take the eggs out of the pipe though? Um, like what would be the purpose of that? Because then they just lay on the bottom of the aquarium or the container. And I don't know, are you, are you saying, because they're going to lay the eggs inside the pipe, right? Are you saying that you'd want to take them out of the inside of the pipe? I would just lay the pipe like this and then have the ups the uplift tube by it going so the air is like the water is like drawn through and it just cycles through um lumpy dog five dollars wow he doesn't just mod he pays you to work like i don't pay lumpy dog to work he pays me to work this is great <laughs> lumpy dog testing one two testing one two is this super chat thingy working <laughs> lumpy dog thanks for getting that going that's awesome <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. I, I've totally got to like mod for Lumpy Dog or something because uh, that's that's too crazy to have him work for me as a mod and be throwing money at me. That's just that just feels wrong, but in a good way. Thanks, Lumpy Dog. I appreciate it. Ringatoi regarding the white cloud question. Thank you for that. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Now, there are some genes like I, I raise corn snakes, too. And there are some mutations like the Tessera mutation, which um, is actually dominant. So there are some captive developed mutations that are dominant, dominant or co-dominant, but almost all of them are recessive. So that's that's my guest, Ringatui. And thanks for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Um, that'll go to that project behind me. Just so everyone knows, I mean, I appreciate the super chats always. It's never something that's required. You can always ask a question any way you want, but it's always appreciated. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Where were we? Oh yeah. I was trying to figure out why, we, why you would want to take peacock gudgeon eggs out of the, um, out of the pipe. Um, but I see what you're saying, fish boss. If you take the cap off the end, then you can get the eggs out. I'm just wondering why you'd want to. Dang tanks, egg tumbler, not tube maybe. Um, you could probably tumble them. You can tumble almost any eggs. I just would worry because, so a, a peacock gudgeon's eggs, um, they're really adhesive. And I'd, I'd worry that by pushing them out of the tube, I'd damage them or something. But um, a fishing glass, if you do that, let me know. Is, is this like common practice? Like as you breed peacock gudgeons, do you take the eggs out of the pipe? And if you do... 
Um, how do you raise them? I'm really curious to hear your method, if, if indeed that's what's going on. I could be understanding incorrectly. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time. I still remember when poor Flynn from Flynn's Fish Farm asked about um, a bacteria, and I thought he was asking about a worm because they're so similar sounding. Ugh, still haunts me. <laughs> um, Charles, Nigerian killifish. Can you give us an inside scoop on the species? I'm assuming lots of fundalopanchaks and aphiosimian. Yeah, so let me share that. It's been a little while since I've shared that. So let me pull up that spreadsheet just a second, and I'll show you guys exactly what we're getting. Um, but here we go. Okay, let's see. This is going to look a little weird. Let me fix this window just so that when I show you this, there we go. Okay, so here's, oh, hang on. I've got to, <laughs> how do I do this? I've got to copy this into another sheet. Just a second. It'll be worth the wait, guys. I promise. Copy that. Okay, got to create a new sheet here. Paste. What should I call this? Uh, Nigerian import species list. Yeah, that sounds like all official. Okay, so let's see if I can make this big so it's easier. Hmm, having trouble with that. Not seeing how to magnify this. Hopefully you can see this, um, but here's what's coming in. So we've got, and some of these are, are new locations. So we've got Aphiosimian australi from uh, Cross River is the location. Aphiosimian bivitatum from Agboa. Um, Aphiosimian calurium and um, calurorum. I can never say that right. Um, and that's from Ogun. That's the province it's from. I'm, I'm trying to get the exact little town but I don't have the information yet, but Ogun's a pretty good um, location. It's pretty narrowed down. Aplicolichthys myersi, which by now might be like Poropanchaks or Congo Panchaks, but this is the genus name that the uh, exporter is using. It's an old name um, from Atoicosi. Um, Epiplates, I think it's going to be Grimar, um, Grammy. <laughs> Grahami? I don't know how... That person's last name is pronounced Grammy, maybe, um, but I'm not quite sure until I get this fish exactly which species it, it species it is. But it's from Akayo is the town. Apocalyptic Spalachin, um, and that'll be the Majidun location. Um, Apocalyptic Macrophalmus, which I'm not sure if that's still the uh, correct genus name, but Abafo. Then uh, one I'm super excited about is Procatopus similis. That'll be from Port Harcourt, which I can say. <laughs> um, one of my favorite lampi killifish of all time. They're just awesome. Um, then we've got some tetras. So we've got Neolibius and Sorgii, which is the kind of African neon tetra, if you will, is what they call it doesn't look anything like the neon tetra you're familiar with probably, but that's what they call it. So nanocharox, and then another one is uh, some brycinus. These three are just super rare species that you never see. And then the para parella is uh, the ghost 
catfish, and then a couple um, cichlids, pelvic acromis, taniatus, and um, I'll get the location on those. I just don't have it yet. The same with the chromidotilapia guntheri. So a couple cichlids, uh, one catfish, a couple of um, tetras, and then a whole bunch of super cool killifish. So I'm pretty excited. Um, killifish are near and dear to my heart, and I can't wait to get this order in, which is why I'm selling fish at such a ridiculously low price <laughs> on the website right now. I mean, it's it's basically at or below cost is more or less. In fact, probably even less because shipping and all that stuff just to get them to me. I mean, it's a smoking deal right now. But the reason I'm doing that is I'm just blowing out room in these tanks so I can finally get this order in. Um, I meant to get it back in December. And then a lot of you have heard the story of uh, why that didn't happen, but it should happen now. So anyway, that's what's coming in. And it's pretty freaking exciting. So not a lot of fundalopanchax, not a lot of aphiosimian, uh, just a couple aphiosimian. Well, one aphiosimian, one chrome aphiosimian, I suppose. Um, but uh, a, a lot of really cool lamp eyes too. And an epiplates, which I love epiplates. Oh, G-Bear hit the message retract by accident. Okay. <laughs> I was like, for a second when you said got it by accident, I thought you meant the fish. I was like, how in the world did that happen this late at night? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Oh, Jeff Rose, Priscilla is here. You have been formally announced by the Herald, Priscilla. I feel like we need trumpets and like scrolls and banners. Charles Fish Tanks, you only feed golden pearls to newly hatched rainbows in no infusoria? No, I feed golden pearls, microworms, vinegar eels, and then when they get a little bigger, uh, brine shrimp as well. But really, Charles, I, I find that they do great with the golden pearls and, say, vinegar eels for the first few days. Um, even threadfin rainbows, even werneri, those are like the tiniest little things and I can get them going with golden pearls without any problem. The key is to feed super often when you're using that food and to change the water every time you feed, right before you feed every time and before you go to bed. Otherwise, it's going to rot in there. The, the bit that isn't eaten is just going to rot and they'll die real quick. So I think the water change uh, frequency is the key. Um, let me dug. Good luck. At Charles Fish Tanks. Oh, yep, no, it's it's out of the bag. It's out of the bag. That's what we're getting. ACH Aquatics, thanks for the rainbow tips. So look for that video. Great. Hope it works for you. And man, I wish I could remember the name of the video. I don't want to look it up right now. But it might be in the flagfish video. Or the Wapoga Red Laser video. I don't know if it's actually titled how to, yeah, I think if you look in the flagfish video, I'm pretty sure ACH that that's where it might be. I need to do a separate video just on uh, hatching eggs and raising fish. Um, I, yeah, I think it's mixed into the flagfish video. Michael Wilson. Hiya, Dan. Well, hiya, Michael. We'll be checking in tomorrow for um, some, all the Aplochylus females. Cool. Want, waiting for some small scarce 
Barbus in the meantime. Well, cool. They're there. And Michael, I do think that I might have one male. So if you, if you order the females, I'll, I'll send you that one too. I'm not positive though. I just keep getting like, cause I have so many plants in there. I get this glimpse and I'm like, Oh, I think that's a foot. And then it swims off. And I'm like left saying male as it's swimming off, but I might have a male. Um, but yeah, if you order them, you'll, you'll get them. And I'm glad because, um, yeah, just having them left. I'm like, I'm so close. <laughs> Someone needs to take these <laughs> fishing glass takes eight months to color for rainbow really need patience. Yeah. I, I feel like if you feed them super frequently though, we could, we could do better than that. Um, Charles, like my, my Wapoga red laser juvies, some of them are starting to color out now they, they don't have tons of color yet. They're only an inch or slightly above the biggest ones at this point, but they're starting to get a little color. Of course, that's a smaller species at three inches full grown. So, um, Charles is saying hi to Rich. Hey, Dan, can't stay. Rainbows are doing great. Thanks. All right. Glad to hear it. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next time. Or Charlie, not Charles, Charlie. Sorry. Charles was right above you. <laughs> Glad the rainbows are doing well. Glad it's all going well. Let me dog. Viola. Yes. Yes. I got it. Viola. Yes. <laughs> Better lighting, lol. <laughs> Whew. I like, so last live stream, for those that weren't here, we spent a good deal of time trying to figure out how to say Viola's name. And um, so I was like, all week, I was like, okay, I'm going to say it right. How was that again? Oh, yeah, like violin, viola, violin, viola. <laughs> Watch, now she's going to chime in that I actually had it wrong. This, <laughs> But I think I got it right. <laughs> Spent all week working on that. I hope it worked. Fishing glass. Fair warning, infusoria stinks when the plant matter starts to decay. Yeah, I think the key with it is just to keep refreshing it, right? So that you constantly have good cultures going. Because they don't last that long, do they? I mean, I've only dabbled them in a, in a bit. I'm, no, I'm not an expert on them for sure. But in my experience, they bloom for a while and then they, they crash pretty quick. So um, what I'm planning on doing is just starting as soon as one blooms, like starting a new one every week or so, or a few new ones. But am I wrong about that? Um, fish and glass, can you, can you keep them going for a while? Valley fish, hello. Well, welcome to the mountain. Valley fish. I say that because I live right at the Bighorn Mountains here. Um, Lumpy Dog, Dance Fish t-shirts at Teespring. Yep, they're there and they are looking this good. <laughs> so, <laughs> TM Aquatics. Hi, Dan. Well, hello, TM. Jeff Rose. What up, Valley Fish? Um, speaking of Jeff Rose, Jeff Rose, are you going live in like five minutes? Do I need to... Do I need to wrap up here? I don't want to overlap with you. Are you okay if we just go till we kind of run out of chat and answer the questions that I that I prepared um, and then go over to your, your stream? I, I don't want to step on your toes. So let me know. Let me know. Um, what's up, Valley Fish? Just watching Dance Fish. <laughs> Linda Abbott. Pistols... AP here, watching the stream and nearly burned the burgers. Visit Dan's Fish to get your fix. Hey, Melinda, 
Glad you're here. So for those that um, want to see who Melinda is, woo, Bob Kaler. Melinda, I'm sorry. I'm going to put you on hold for a moment. Bob Kaler, thank you so much. Bob Kaler with the uh, $20 Super Chat. It appears to be working. Who has laser Corydoras? All right. I wish I could help you out, Bob. Um, I don't. Are you looking for oranges or greens or reds or what, what kind of lasers are you looking for? But Bob, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. I, I guess the fish must be doing well. <laughs> or you probably would have asked me for 20 bucks. So <laughs> it's a good sign. Good sign. Anyway, again, never necessary, but always greatly appreciated. Thanks, Bob. Thank you so much. So for those that want to see who Melinda is, um, she's Pistol Abbott's boss slash wife. And we did a video on Pistol's uh, aquaponics setup. And it's a cool setup. He, he uses a very compact space very efficiently. And he's figured out how to heat the greenhouse and things, even in a Wyoming winter with mostly sunlight, a little solar system he kind of built. And so... If, you, if you're into aquaponics and greenhouses and heating them in winters and all that, check it out. It's, I think it's called Pistol's Tilapia Aquaponics Tour or something like that. But Melinda's in there, um, so you can see who she is. Anyway, yeah, my chicken's in the oven. I bet it's – I turned it off right before I came down here because it wasn't done yet. Um, it'll probably be dry <laughs> when I get there, but whatever. Michael Trevino, are you close to the fires out there in Wyoming? No. Um, in fact, this is the first I've heard of it, so I should check <laughs> and see what's going on. But I haven't like smelled any smoke or anything, so they aren't that close. Um, Melinda, I guess we have fires going on. So yeah, I guess we'll check that out. Um, I just got back from giant Cheyenne buying fireworks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. We never learn. We still sell them. Um, Melinda. Nice. No fires here. Can't even smell any. Yeah. Fishing glass. The mail will not move if you have the cap on. Oh, okay. Got it. So to get the, oh, I see what you're saying. So you're not saying take the eggs out of the tank when you're or out of the pipe, when you're breeding the peacock gudgeons, you're saying if you take off the cap, you can get the mail out easier. That makes total sense. Okay. I finally get it. Fishing glass. I'm a little, a little thick up here, but that makes sense. Yeah. So to get the mail out without disturbing, without, yeah, having a big like <laughs> suction thing going on when you take it up because it's capped, you uncap it, you can get him out and then you can move it. Good tip. Now that I finally understand it, at least I think I do. <laughs> um, let me scroll down. I'll get back up, but I want to see what Jeff Rose says because I don't want to step on him too much. And we've got a, a minute or so till he was going to start. Um Hey, Steenfont, I, uh, Steenfont, I've got uh, some fish for you that I know you want. So I'll, I'm going to send you an email and see if you can possibly take them. Um, I know you're changing your fish room around and stuff and might not have, you know, the time or whatever. I, I know what that's like, like you're in the middle of the projects. But um, I'm going to send you an email here, see if you want them. So basically free fish in exchange for an unboxing, Steenfont, is what I'm thinking of. Um, Jeffro says... See here, Dozzy says, 
Well, I don't see him saying anything about stepping on his toes. So I'm going to keep going. We're, we're, we're pretty close down here. Heather, Scarlet Aquatics. Hey, Dan and everyone. Can't stay, but stopping by to drop a like. Well, thank you, Heather. I appreciate that very much. Thanks for coming by. Um, Lumpy Dog's thinking the super chatters. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for thinking them, Lumpy Dog. A little tea party between Jeff Rose and Heather Scarlet Aquatics. Charles Fish, uh, Fish Tanks. Nice selection. Interested to see what those uncommon collection point fish are going to look like. Yeah, me too. I think that the Bivitatum will look like a Lagos Red. or a, Yeah, will pretty much look like a Lagos Red. Um, it's just a more refined location within Lagos. So that's my guess, but I'm not quite sure. And the Australi, I mean, there'll be a wild type chocolate Australi, but I'm not sure, uh, you know, if they'll be heavily spotted or scarcely spotted or what they're going to be like. So I'm looking forward to seeing them too. Um, Let me dog. The word killifish is of uncertain origin, but likely to have come from the Dutch kill for kill, a small stream per Wikipedia. Yeah, um, so my fish godfather, Jim Forche, explained it to me that it was a ditch fish, that basically the Dutch used the word kill for, um, you know, small creek or small pond or small temporary body of water, that kind of thing. And a ditch that just has water in it sometimes because, you know, on the annual species, there could be water in there for only like, you know, three, four months and then it dries up and then rains again six months later. So, um, so he always kind of translated as ditch fish, but, but yeah, that's the, that's the truth. And man, how much confusion is created because everyone thinks since it's called a killifish that it must be vicious, right? That it's a killer. Uh, it'll kill things, but nope, it's just the Dutch word for like small stream or ditch or little pool of water, basically. So yeah, uh, cool, Lumpy Dog. Keep it coming. <laughs> I like your mod style. Um, and let me know, Lumpy, if you're like, man, sometimes I'm getting sick of this mod thing and I I just want to like chill with the live stream. Let me know and I can mod someone else so you guys can tag team or something. Um, the other Bob. Getting sick of no notification. Man, me too. Putting it on my cell as a recurring reminder. Hi, all. Well, hi, Bob. Glad you're here. And yeah, I mean, I wish I had more control over making sure that the notifications happen, but it's not something I have complete control over. Mr. Sunmade or Mrs. Unmade will never know. <laughs> Mr. or Mrs. Unmade or Sunmade. <laughs> I am feeding my pea puffers frozen bloodworms and they love them. What other non-live food do they like? Oh, anything that's like meaty. Uh, they'll probably take frozen brine shrimp, but they would love like mysis shrimp, frozen mysis shrimp. That'd be a nice thing to rotate into their diet. Almost any meaty food though, you could make work. There's a lot of frozen uh, meaty foods out there. You can even get little like silver sides and chop them up, and they probably like that too. Um, Steenvod. <laughs> Viola! <laughs> yes. Again, I think I got it right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna fist pump that one because I'm pretty sure I got it right. <laughs> yes. How do you get Bob into the chat? Viola! 
<laughs> That's how. <laughs> Love you, dog. How are you feeling at Steenfa? Hopefully a little better. Yeah, I hope so. Did you feel well enough that you got to the Rainbow Fish talk? I know you were wanting to go, but it kind of depended on how you felt. By the way, if anyone here has not yet checked out the um, Real Fish Talk episode, the latest one with Gary Lang, it's worth doing, even if you're not into rainbow fish. Um, this is just a guy that, I mean, he knows a group of fish so well, but he also knows just how to keep fish and he knows kind of how to collect fish and where they come from and all these things. So whether you're into rainbow fish or not, you're going to learn a lot that you can apply to any kind of fish that you're keeping in this hobby. And plus, it's just an interesting conversation. Um, fishing glass. I just, keep, I just keep adding lettuce and tank water and they keep going. So you can keep the infusoria cultures going, huh? Cool. I might try that. Again, it's something I've dabbled in, but never been hugely successful in. Seen fought sleeping a lot. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're the recovery level. <laughs> That's, you know, being, so being sick sucks. Being super sick, not like deathly sick, but being like sick enough that you really can't get to anything that's one thing because you're like, okay, now I can't do anything, so I won't. I'll just sleep and rest and get better, right? Because your body won't let you do anything else. But when you just feel crappy, just feel like bleh, but not bad enough to not have to do things, that's the worst because you still have to drag yourself around and function. I hate that. But uh, the other worst thing is when you're first recovering from being really sick and then you're just tired for the next few days as you recover. Oh, that's no fun either. But Hopefully you're at the uh, recovery stage, Steen Fought. Dubrex21, so many channels are live. I'm casually flicking through them. Um, Dubrex, is Jeff Rose live? Um, if he is, I'm going to wrap this up because I don't want to step on his toes. So I didn't know that. I, I kind of chose this time, 7 o'clock Mountain Time on Wednesdays because no one was using it. And I was trying to find a slot that wouldn't... I mean, eventually we're going to get so many streams that we're not going to be able to help but have streams going at the same time i suppose but because if someone wants to do this they you know they should they have the right to do it if they have something to offer um but i thought this this time was uh kind of empty that's why i went for it i was trying not to conflict with with folks um but dubrex 21 glad you're here we know you have many fish live stream viewing options, apparently, this time of day, this time of night. So we are glad you're here. Let me dog. Thank you at Other Bob, a.k.a. Bob Kaler. Yes, for sure, Bob. That was a very nice super chat. I appreciate it very, very much. Now, does anyone here have laser quarries? <laughs> Let's make that super chat worth Bob's while. See if we can hook him up. Um, Aquarium Co. A pie Dan and friends lurking, getting ready to head out. Or Aquarium Cop, sorry. <laughs> sorry, dude. Aquarium Cop. Hi, Dan and friends lurking, getting ready to head out with, with, are you blowing me kisses? Aw. And thumbs up. Aw. Now that's real love. That, that's a, that's a confident cop. <laughs> the other Bob. Orange and greens are the lasers he's looking for. And you're welcome. Well, thank you again. Um, and all the fish are fine. Cool. Sounds good. All right, Charles. I wanted to get my hands on some lasers, green or orange, but local fish stores always overprice them. 
There was one fish store that was selling juvie greens for 60 a piece. Gonna have to buy online. Okay, I'm just curious if you guys will bear with me for half a minute. Make sure I'm not showing this because they would get mad. I'm gonna see how much they would be if I ordered them. Because um, I have a supplier in Colombia that I could <clears throat> order them from. I'm not showing this. Okay. Um, but I don't, cause I'd have to, you know, I'd have to do a massive order. And right now that's Nigeria for me, but let's see, just for curiosity's sake, what this would be. Okay. I've got to make sure I'm doing this right. So Corridoras, um, oh, there aren't that many available right now. Oh, never mind. I can't even, well, from, from Colombia, I can't get them right now. So, all right. I guess I can't answer that question. <laughs> I'm just curious what the, what the pricing would be. Um, all right, let's get back to the actual stream here. But yeah, Charles, there are some fish that are pricey and, you know, it's supply and demand. This rules everything. I guess, I guess if they're charging 60 bucks a piece, they must be able to get it. So, aquarium cop, lumpy in the house. Yes, yes, yes. Aquarium cop, still one of the best handles ever. <laughs> Jeff Rose has gone live. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up then. Um, so what I'm going to do, folks, since Jeff Rose is live, is I'm not going to go over those questions uh, that I collected to share with you guys. Maybe we'll do that next week or, or another time. Sometime when there's a lull, you know, we'll use that to kind of get the momentum building again. But I don't want to uh, prevent Jeffros from getting a good audience. So I'm going to get to the bottom of the chat. We're almost there and then uh, switch it over. But we can still, if there's anyone that has a question that they really need answered or a comment that's important to them or whatever, just get it out in the next few minutes and we'll we'll hit that up before we close this down. If there's something you really or struggling with, or need to know, or whatever, or just want to know. Um, all right. Now I lost the stream. Okay. Oh yeah, I said Jeff Rose has gone live from Lumpy Dog. Thanks for that, Lumpy. Fishing glass. You got it, low. <laughs> Bob Kalor, the other Bob, at Mr. or Mrs. Unmade or Sunmade. I have. Amazon puffers, man, one day. And they let bloodworms float by. Wow, they're spoiled for live blackworms. Eat them twice daily until fat, my bad. Ooh, yeah, you're gonna get little marbles with like little, not marbles, What's what size ball would that be? I don't know, but with little tails sticking out there, Bob. <laughs> Careful, man. Dubrex21, been feeding my baby fighter fish bloodworms for nearly two weeks now. That's awesome. They'll be 11 weeks tomorrow, born April 1st. Nice Easter gift for me. Yeah. Dub, did you make any videos of them or do you have any pictures anywhere where we could go take a look? Um, let me know. Cause I'd be interested in checking those out. Lumpy Dog linked the Gary Lang uh, episode of The Real Fish Talk. Definitely check that out. Isaiah Adams, any advice for breeding discus? I just got two breeding pairs today. Okay. So 
I think the best advice for breeding discus is just to keep them well. I'm going to assume that you know how to keep them well, but it's super clean water. It's warm temperature. It's a lot of different foods, um, not just high protein foods. They eat a lot of algae and detritus and things in the wild. But um, if you're doing three feedings a day, say, then you would want at least one or two of them to be high protein foods. Not too much so they get bloated. But anyway, I'm going to assume you know this because you're going into breeding discus. Um, I think patience. I mean, honestly, if you're keeping them well, then it's just patience. The only other real kind of tricky trick might be if you can put two tanks of discus side by side so they see each other through the glass um, and then put the breeding cones on opposite sides of the tank from where they see each other, then just having that, uh, that other pair, that other, even if it's just one, that other fish over there, they can see will create a pair bond because they'll start defending that cone against those other discus. And that'll create a pair bond that can help with the breeding and the, the kind of, uh, yeah, kind of make the pair work, if you will be more dedicated to breeding and raising the fry. But I think patience is the best advice I have. Now, I should say, I've never raised discus from like eggs. I've seen it done a lot. I've had discus breed and things, but I've, I've never raised discus. Um, so, and I've never tried either. So it's not something that I'm an expert on. Um, Simply Discus is a great discus forum. And there are people there that like, that's all they do. Like if they're not at work, they're eating, sleeping, drinking, working with discus. And they'll, they'll know just so much more than I would. But patience is what I'm going with. <laughs> um, sorry, it's probably not exactly the help you wanted. But fishing glass, night Dan, night fishing glass. Thanks for hanging out. Q Aquatics, you are very nice. Well, Susie, so are you. Thank you. If you're talking to me, I assume you are. <laughs> Fishing glass. Oh, I need funnel panchax gardneri females. Oh, you can find those. Gardneri are like the most common killifish out there. So if you can't find any locally um, in the stores, try a fish club if you have a local fish club or two. If you don't, Aquabid will hook you up with gardneri. That being said, they're going to need to know probably what location you have. Um, but if you don't know that, that's fine. Just call them aquarium strain and, and you'll be good. Charles Fish Tanks. I Ben mark my prices partly off of the wet spot. Wet spot. Oh, I benchmark, I assume, my prices partly off the wet spot. They sell greens for 25 a piece, same size. Yeah. Well, mm. so... There is, there is a difference in this industry. Uh, do I have time to get into this? I'm just going to do this super quick, Charles. And then if you want to know more, ask me about it next uh, live stream. Because again, I'm trying to shut down a little bit so we get off, uh, so we can move to Jeffro's. But not every pet store has the ability to import their own fish or transship their own fish because there's a high quantity that is required for that to happen. So if a pet store has to buy from a wholesaler, instead of being able to import them or transship them, then they're going to pay a lot more for them. And that price is going to be reflected in what they sell them for. 
So they might not be trying to gouge you. They might actually be getting them, their price might be pretty high. A lot of the um, stores, not a lot, um, stores that are big enough that they can transship and import in, they basically cut out one of the middlemen in the process. And so that's how they can often um, selfish it a lot less than others. So someone might be trying to gouge someone. Someone might be like, hey, I know I can get this for this fish, so I'm going to charge a high price. But it honestly, it could be that their source is a wholesaler instead of a transshipper or importer. And we kind of merge those words together, but in the industry, it's very different. An importer buying directly from an from an exporter, being an importer, transshipping, or having to buy from a true wholesaler. So just be aware they might legitimately have to charge that. It just depends on their supplier and their business model. Dubrox21, yes, my channel is where I share all my experiences. Okay, I'm going to check it out, Dub. Um, I might have looked back in the day when you first uh, had bred them, but I can't remember. It's been a while and I've looked at a lot of stuff since then. So I'm going to check your bettas out. Isaiah Adams. Okay. Thanks for the tip about keeping the tanks next to each other. You're welcome. And Isaiah, I wish I had more help. I just, I'm not a super expert on breeding discus. Christian Parnell. Hey, welcome. Have you ever tried to breed red belly piranha? Nope. I've never even kept them. Um, until a few years ago, I lived in California and piranhas were illegal. So I have, I have no experience with uh, piranha. Um, there's a few videos out there, though. Um, I know they, you can spawn them in floating plants and flo- floating mops, and they basically spawn like a big barb or tetra egg scatterer. Um, but that's like all I got. Yeah. Fishing glass, F2. Second generation, I guess. Lumpy Dog, great stream. Thanks, Dan. See you next week. Thank you, Lumpy Dog, for modding. I I appreciate you so much. Um, Thank you to everyone who super chatted. It's just, it's always such a treat when money pops up. Like, it's just magical. So thank you. And then everyone that participated, if you asked a question or gave comments or, um, or helped someone else that had a question that I couldn't answer, thank you so much for helping out. And all you lurkers... I lurk all the time too. So I get it. I get it. All right. So I'm going to head over to Jeff Rose. Hope you can too. And in the meantime, um, just keep in mind that there is a sale at dancefish.com with like super ridiculously low prices. There's a t-shirt at Teespring if you're into that. And um, yeah, seven o'clock PM mountain time. For all of you that don't know where that is, that's like Colorado and Utah and Wyoming, Montana. Um, And uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to stop this now. So bye-bye.